You're listening to Rama for Today. We pointed out that there is a similarity between physical growth and spiritual growth. That in the natural, no one's born a full-grown human. They're born babies and then they grow up. And so it is in the spiritual, no one's born a full-grown Christian. They're born babies as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So we talked about the babyhood stage of spiritual development. And then the text said here that we henceforth be no more children. We talked about the childhood stage of spiritual development. But he went on to say that we may grow up into him, and he said, unto a perfect man. Or, as I pointed out to you, other translations, like, for instance, uh, Moffat's translation stated, until we reach maturity. Welcome to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll learn more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Growing Up Spiritually, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. As you know, we're teaching on the subject growing up spiritually. You know, growing up is a process. And in these lessons, and actually I'm teaching from my book, Growing Up Spiritually, so it's good to say in this book, we'll talk about growing up spiritually. And our lessons are those that will help you grow. So we need to help you to sum up in your own case and to discern where you are spiritually. Then after you've located yourself, these lessons will help you to grow out of that stage into another stage spiritually. You know, we read uh, from the fourth chapter of Ephesians, the eighth verse, that wherefore he saith when he, that is when Christ, ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Then the eleventh through the fifteenth verses, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Or, we pointed out another translation, Moffat's translation said, a mature man. Or, in other words, God wants us to grow up full-grown uh, until the measure went on to say of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slide of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, now notice, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Then we looked at another verse. That's First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. We pointed out that there is a similarity between physical growth and spiritual growth. That in the natural, no one's born a full-grown human. They're born babies and then they grow up. And so it is in the spiritual. No one's born a full-grown Christian. They're born babies as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So we talked about the babyhood stage of spiritual development. And then the text said here that we henceforth be no more children. We talked about the childhood stage of spiritual development. But he went on to say that we may grow up into him and he said, unto a perfect man. Or, as I pointed out to you, other translations, like, for instance, uh, Moffat's translation stated, until we reach maturity. And Amplified Translation says that we might arrive at really mature 
manhood. So let's talk about characteristics of the manhood stage of spirituality. Now, that's what we want to do, is to grow up and to grow out of the babyhood, into the childhood, out of the childhood stage of spiritual development, into the manhood. And so we'll discuss at least three characteristics of a manhood stage of development. Now, number one is esteeming earthly things lightly. Number two is deadness to censure or praise. Number three is ability to recognize God at work. Let's take up the first one, esteeming earthly things lightly. In Hebrews 11, chapter, the 24th through the 26th verses, we have these words. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now notice what it said, Moses, when he was come to years... Now, that means when he grew up, when he became a man, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, think about what he refused. You see, he saw a difference in the people of God, the people of the world. You see, Egypt is a type of the world. In the world, he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter in line for the throne. He had honor, wealth, and prestige. He had the things the earth and the world had to offer. Yet he esteemed, it says, the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. See, he was heir to the treasures of Egypt, but he esteemed the reproaches of Christ greater riches. One characteristic of growing up is to esteem earthly things lightly. You see, you cannot put earthly things above spiritual things and grow spiritually. Now, friends, God does want his children to prosper. He's concerned about that. He wants us to have the good things of life. You know, he said in his word, Isaiah 119, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But it doesn't want us to put those things first. You see, some are more interested in making the dollar than in serving God. Spiritual things must come first if you are to be spiritual. You must esteem spiritual things more than the dollar, more than earthly things. No, it's not wrong to have money. It's wrong for money to have you. It's wrong for money to be your ruler, your master. God does want you to prosper. Remember Third John 2, God said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Now, see, that's talking about financial and material prosperity, physical prosperity, and spiritual prosperity. Now, look at it again. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's material prosperity. And be in health. That's physical prosperity, even as thy soul prosper. That's spiritual prosperity. Now, the first psalm is so beautiful, and it makes it so clear that God wants us to prosper. Notice the first psalm, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Now notice, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God wants us to prosper. Our need, however, is to evaluate things as they should be evaluated, to esteem earthly things lightly, to put first things first. Now we all think that the preacher ought to be that way. 
You know, if a pastor takes a better church where he makes more money, people think he just took that so he'd get better paid. But they wouldn't think a thing in the world of taking a better job and perhaps moving off and leaving a good spiritual church and getting in one where they'd all backslide. I was talking to a fellow, a good friend of mine, a number of years ago. I was over in his town on business and ran into him on the street. Now, this is back in Depression days when most people didn't have anything. But he had a good job making good money. But he'd been offered a job making $50. That's a lot of money then. More a month. Like I said, that doesn't sound like much today. But in those low depression days, that was a lot of money. I, I knew a lot of men with families who didn't make $50 a month. He already had a good salary. But he was offered this job in another town making $50 more than he's making. He said, did you know I'm moving to so-and-so? Well, he was a member of a good gospel church. Actually, a full gospel church. And I happened to know the town where he was going, but moving, didn't even have one in those days, not one single full gospel church. So I said, what kind of church do they have in that town? He said, what do you mean? I said, is there a full gospel church there where you're going to move and take this new job? He said, I don't know. I never thought about that. No, I said, you were just interested in the $50 more a month. But I said, wait a minute. I knew you and your family before you came into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and into the full gospel church. I happen to know you'd spent all your money. Doctors thought your wife had cancer of the stomach. But when she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost without anybody praying for her, she got healed and she can eat anything she wants. I happen to know that you'd spent thousands of dollars on one of your boys, physically, you see, for physical medical treatment. But since you've come in where divine healing is taught, that boy's been in good health. You haven't spent a dime. He said, yeah, that's right. I said, I happen to know that there isn't a full gospel church in that town. Now, you see, it would have been different if he was thinking about going there to start one, but he wasn't capable of doing that. He said, you know, I never thought of that. I said, no, you'd take your family out of a good church where the gospel's preached, where you've been blessed immeasurably, physically as well as spiritually, for $50 more a month. I said to him, I'll not tell you not to go there, but I tell you, you better pray about it. Well, the next time I saw him, he said, I'm not going. I don't believe it's worth it. I just don't believe it's worth it. And it wasn't, and he didn't. You see, as I said, this man esteemed earthly things lightly. He put spiritual things first. Let's go back for just a moment and look at that scripture there in the first psalm. I want you to notice something. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seed of the scornful. Now notice, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You see, he put spiritual things first. Well, he went on to say that he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water to bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he shall do shall prosper. But you see, he put spiritual things first. This man I was telling you about put spiritual things first. Didn't move, you see, uh, though he could get $50 more a month, and yet God prospered him where he was because he put spiritual things first. I remember at one meeting we were holding in a large city, a man and his wife came to the meeting, that is to visit the woman's mother, who had gone home to be with the Lord, was a member of church that I'd pastored some years before. This mother was a wonderful Christian, a great blessing to my wife and me as young people with babies. Well, I knew that this lady, the daughter, hadn't always been a Christian because she used to come and visit her mother and even come to church with her, but they weren't Christians. But then she'd gotten saved, received the Holy Spirit, had been filled with the Holy Ghost, and attended a fine church, full gospel church. And she was going on with God because occasionally she'd still come back and visit. Now, a number of years had gone by. So I said to her, you know, are you still going to church where you went? Or where do you go? And she said, oh, I don't go anywhere. Well, I said, what do you mean? I thought you remember I mentioned that church. Oh, she said, they don't even have church there anymore. It closed down for a while. 
Then somebody else took it over. Our pastor quit and left, and people just scattered, and we didn't have any pastor. And, and somebody's opened it back up now. But we don't go anywhere, just here and there. And so while you're here, well, we're coming here. Well, I said to her, where do you pay your tithes? Oh, said we quit paying tithes. We used to pay tithes, but we don't pay tithes anymore. And uh, our church just folded up and quit. And I said, well, there's no use. You're backsliding just because others have. I said, uh, you need to get in somewhere and work for God. Worship the Lord. A rolling stone never gathers any moss, as we say. We need others. We need the fellowship of one another. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. Yes. You know what? We have got a great offer this month. Yes, it is. Uh, it is an offer normally thirteen ninety five. Right. Ten dollars. Your book. It's your move. Yes. And you know it's important that when God gives us the decision, it's then we, I, then we have to move. We have. We to move. have to move. Yeah. And that book will tell you about it. And then and one of Dad's best CDs yes. right here. Uh, it's. Uh, how to train the human spirit. Yes. And many people say this is one of the best things they ever got a hold of. There are four principles, he says, that we need the importance of meditating on the Word, the importance of practicing the Word, what it means to give the Word first place, and why you can trust the voice of your spirit. So uh, this is how to develop God speaking to your own human spirit. It's a great, great CD. CD. Yes, that's right. And in this book, it's your move. It, this is a really good book, even if I'm the one that did preach. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that offer normally thirteen ninety five for ten dollars, both the CD and the book. These two resources are for the discounted price of ten dollars. That's nine ninety five in savings. Call toll free one eight 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 Faith ninety nine. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. If you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagan on growing up spiritually. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.